The SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. SV Pod is presented by DraftKings. For some, the NFL drafts the most exciting day of the season. For others, it's a chance to build on last year's success. Whether your team has the first pick or the last, DraftKings is bringing the excitement to you. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, adding to the thrill by offering a free-to-enter draft pool with $15,000 up for grabs. The contests are easy to play. Download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen on draft night and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings will be hosting an NFL draft night specific pool with questions ranging from who will be picked before whom all the way to if you think a team will trade a pick in the first round. In a time of limited sports, this is your chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme over your friends and family by trying out one of DraftKings' free-to-play contests. Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code SVP to get a free shot at a share of $15,000 in prizes. That's promo code SVP to get a free shot at a share of $15,000 in prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Also, this reminder, tune in to The Last Dance, a behind-the-scenes look at the 90 Chicago Bulls dynasty. The series continues this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Listen to the rap podcast hosted by Jalen and Jacoby, immediately following the broadcast presented by State Farm. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Coverage is also brought to you by AT&T. This is available wherever you enjoy your podcast. Welcome in. It's SV Pod. Stan for Steve is with me. Steve, how are you? Great. Just great. How are you? Yeah. Let's Hell be of a honest day at with the America. House. Let's be honest with America. This was the day it was critical mass was reached in Stanford Steve and SVP's house. With both of us have three young children. It was snow flurries in Connecticut, and there was a household meltdown in both houses. True or false? True. <laughs> I mean, look. If, uh, I mean, how, what are we? What are we doing, Steve? Steve, what are we doing? Steve, help me. What are we? Do you doing? want to, Do you want to know what I did or no? I do. No, All tell right. me. All right. I wake up. I get a, you know numerous texts. Obviously, you know we could we could get along. I still understand about this worry about toilet paper. Okay. If you if you have an issue with toilet paper, here's the deal. You're at home. What else is in your bathroom? Than a toilet, a shower. So you just take a shower if you're getting low on toilet paper. Is that is that that hard? Anyway, all right. Anyway, can we, can we, I, can we hold on? Can we hold on? Can we hold on? That yeah, I can't. You got to wipe your butt, man. Like it's like you can get in the shower, great, but then you got to wipe your butt. So I I don't I like I don't know about your situation. I mean. I'm a little bit haunted by my man, Charlie, who took a dump a two-year-old shouldn't have been able to take, and he needed toilet paper. Like, you couldn't throw him in the shower and fix what he did, all right? We needed wipes, and we needed a gross of wipes. So I understand the theory, but I do think it's even post-shower, you're going to need to wipe your butt, Steve. Got it. I got wipes. We got wipes. We got diapers. We're set on that front. All right? All right. So – we get a couple texts. Hey, Costco's got just re-upped toilet paper, paper towels. Woo-hoo! 
Let's go. Um, hey, you know what, honey? I'll take one for the team. I'll get in the car. I go. I go. Forget. My sister has the Costco card. I let her take. Turn around. That's another 25 minutes. Get the Costco. No toilet paper. I wanted to kill somebody. So what does do do? Text, check in. What else do we need? We need some vegetables. We need some fruit. We get all that. Get home. And, oh, there's a towel outside. We have to wash everything down. Forgot about that. All right, baby starts crying. One's just miserable, has to take a nap. Uh, it's just that, that, that's the day. That, that, that's how we got started at about, uh, you know, 10, 10.30. All right, so after Charlie took a dump, a two-year-old cannot physically, humanly make, all right? Like, as yep. I'm talking right now, like, I am still. I've been parenting for a while here, all right? You yep. do. Like, this, he's my third. I've seen some stuff, man. But yeah. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. He's not a big. He's not a, an adult sized person, right? <laughs> but what he did was adult sized. All right. Yeah. And this was late. And after we sorted that out, which I understand why my man woke up because he took an adult sized dump in his diaper. Uh, Got it. But then we put him back, and then he came back because he was now he was up and he was wilding. Like he's like he is up for whatever. No, no, bro. It is night. We established it was night. <laughs> oh, it's night, Daddy? Yes, son. Look outside. It is dark. Everyone is asleep. All right. You lay with me. All right. For a little bit. And then I think I think he's passed out, but he's got like this this sixth sense, this radar that even if he's out, if I yep. like sit up, the yep. eyes open, it's it's horrifying. It's like instant wake up. And then at like four o'clock he came back again. And I'm like, Bro, you have got to go to bed. And then I, he finally understood he had to stay in there. But at 8 o'clock in the morning, he comes dive-bobbing me in the bed. And I said, Charlie, you got to go. And he's like, but I miss you. And then I'm like, I melt. My heart melts because my man said he missed me. I'm like, that's kind of sweet. But, like, it, this has to stop. We have got to – I don't know what we have to do. I'm not espousing opening states. I'm not saying you should stand on the steps of your state house with guns. Like, if, and if you want to do that, I guess it's America. We can do what we want. I'm saying we should listen to the people that have the best ideas. Uh, I'm just saying in our house, we got to be able to do something besides what we're doing every day because we can't keep sustaining this, man. And if, and if I can't keep coming in here at night and putting on make-believe shows, if I'm going to have to keep fielding short hop grounders at my house nonstop, Steve, I can't do it. Yeah. I I'm broken. I'm, April twenty second was the day I broke. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I bent. I bent it a little. I bent a little. Uh, but you're still strong. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not. No. Right. It is. This is mental. We will. We will get through. Um, it doesn't help. You know. Same thing. We got. We got all. Three. We got one doing homeschool. We got the other that just wants to wrestle, and we got another one that's crying, and you know, it's got poopy diapers. Um, and well, it's we, you know, we, we don't we have, have a. a, a 65 degree day. Can we get a 65 oh. degree day? Yeah. No get, wind. Can we get six? Yeah. Can we get 60? Can we get a like? I'll take I'll take mid 50s without a hurricane force wind and a wind chill and snow flurries on the 22nd of April. Tell the wind fronts to stay at home. All right. No, Just give me a little sunshine. I got you. I think right. maybe Saturday we I saw 51 and sunny. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? You know what? And, and, and God bless Travis. He's like, hey, man, 
you must, when you ask if we want to do a podcast, you must be Chuck and Duck because you know that I'm going to be like, no, I don't want to do a podcast. What the hell are you going to talk about? But you want to know what? This is helpful. Thank you, Chuck. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. But next, next time, can you remember your headphones? And also, I poured a drink thinking, I thought we bailed on today, so I went and poured a drink. And so you, you interrupted my drinking time here, Scott. Well, I'm sorry. Well, get drunk. Listen. What'd you make your kids for lunch? In our house, we do a lot of we do a lot of uh, the hot dogs, fruit. Um, there's smoothies, and then if you know if, if you do the fruit and the hot dogs and the sm- and the smoothies, then maybe you could get some kind of a Dorito chip kind of a thing. Ooh! But but then but then you then Charlie. That that guy that poops like an adult, he's 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 capable of getting like these stair steppers, and he'll get to the top shelf, and you go, where are the Doritos? Well, you find the bag, and then you find him, and you find these little orange fingerprints on everything, because that little monster will go get the Doritos and eat the whole bag. Like he eat, would eat them as as if he were as high as the Beastie Boys were when they were our guests on Monday. Now. That's a segue, kids. That's a smooth segue because I am as big a fan of the Beastie Boys as you'll find. Although they're like a competitive, there's, there's this weird competition with with Beastie Boy fans. Like everybody's so passionate. Uh, Amir Thompson, aka Questlove from uh, the Roots, uh, who's on Jimmy Fallon, they did an interview and he said, and he's right, that they only have they don't have casual fans because they don't. Like I think people that are fans of theirs are hardcore, and I am. Like hardcore Beastie Boy fan. Like Doris the Finkasaurus was the name of a fantasy football team of mine. That's from okay. one of their songs. We we won a title, Steve, no big deal. Um in college, <laughs> in in I I'll, I'll get to some I'll get to some of the specifics of just how specific uh, just how kind of deep seated the the love of the Beastie Boys is. They have this new documentary that is out. It is called Beastie Boy Story Spike Jones Directs uh, I was able to see a copy of it. It comes out on the 24th on Apple Plus. And if you're a fan, you're going to love it. Uh, it's, if, you, if you read the Beastie Boys book, which is excellent, you should. Again, if you're a fan, you probably already have. But a lot of the details from that are kind of told in this live documentary on stage. It's Adam Horvitz, Mike Diamond, Ad-Rock, Mike D from the Beastie Boys. Anyway, we get to talk to him on Monday. And I'm like, I am psyched because I've been like – as a fan, I've been waiting forever for a chance to talk to him. And we're doing this thing on the phones because that's where we are. And as I'm talking to Adam, we're waiting <laughs> for Mike. And and he points out, Steve, it's 420. He sure did. And I, and I say to myself, these are two very enthusiastic consumers of cannabis. Mm. And, it is four, and it's 420. And so I immediately think in my head, so how are we going to do here? How's this going to go? And what you are about to hear is about five minutes and I don't know, 30 seconds of fairly, not, not, not uber heavily edited, but we had to kind of take out some of the places where we lost our way. And as one of my, as one of my dear friends, Dr. Cal from Chicago, your what's friend, Cal's he, tattoo again? What does he have? He has a cow with an F on it because his name's Cow. It's a purple cow with an F. Cow. He won the fantasy football league that we're in that Doris the Finkasaurus won last year. And so he sends us uh, shirtless pictures every day 
with the belt he made for himself. He made a wrestling belt. Um, he's in incredible shape. And yeah. so he's this, he's this jack guy with a wrestling belt. So he sends his pictures every day. Anyway, Calf's like, I thought it was really good. So here, you take a listen and you tell, you tell me. How, how did our interview with the Beastie Boys turn out? It is a pleasure to be joined by Mike Diamond, Adam Horvitz, Mike D, and Adbrock from the Beastie Boys. And, um, fellas, the, uh, the doc is spectacular, as I just said. Flatbush in Brooklyn and King's Theater. And, and where else? How many shows were, were, were shot in order to make this film in totality? Uh, not that, I mean, I feel like we shot in Philadelphia and then in Brooklyn. So I think it's maybe four or five shows in total, but there was quite a bit of variation from night to night so that Spike Jones, our director, had, a, <laughs> I guess, a bunch to work with. Adam, considering that you guys have, have lived professionally on stage performing, uh, this isn't a stretch because you're performing, but it's, it's completely different because it's, it's the story of your life. And so I wonder how you, how you kind of describe the difference of, of that, being on stage and telling your story in that form. Well, the being on stage part is 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 was the easy part. Sure. So we wrote a script for this show, and even though they're like the, your own stories that you know you've told a million times, like now we had to remember what we were supposed to say. And Mike and I, uh, you know, aren't aren't. Um, I'm not going to say that we're dumb, <laughs> but um, you know, remembering things and and being on point isn't like our strong point. It's like our weaknesses are—I don't know what the thing is. It's four twenty, you guys. So you know, I'm a little understood. Behind. Understood. But your mind is right. I have a I, 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 I tr- that's fine. We knew the date, and we just—it was serendipitous. Mike, when you when you talk about what made you guys these massive stars, obviously it's it's the '80s. It's licensed to ill and this and that and the other. And you you guys are very honest about the fact that what you it was a gimmick and by the end of it you're just so done with it. It's rare that that artists get a chance to reinvent and then come out on the other side and become what you all become. What what allowed that to happen? Do you think? Well, I think that it's I think first off it's it's coming from where we came from, right? We came from this world in New York City where there was all this exciting music happening around us all the time, all this art being made. So we just felt like. Of course, we could just keep making stuff. We didn't see the impossibility in making that stuff. We only saw it as possible. And so it, it all kind of blew up. But then it made us realize that what we did have was this relationship between the three of us. And that, that was kind of like the primary thing. And so we just needed to get back to that and get back to making what, you know, what, what we made. And, and Adam Yauk, Yauk is such a massive part of that. Adam, when you when you guys wrote the book, you, at the time you said it was it was too hard to talk about uh, at that time his passing. But in in the in the documentary, you talk about the last gig and you sit down and it's really really moving. How did you how were you able to talk about it in that room in that space then? You know what actually did is being able to look over at Mike. You know we we've been best friends. You know the tightest of friends for almost forty years now. Right. We're really fortunate to be friends first and a band second. And so we just tried to, you know, anything that we were interested in is what we tried. And we got the, you know, support of each other. And that's a, that's a, it's a really nice and rare thing to get. One of the things you guys talk about is, is this question, what would y'all do? The possibility of music, Adam, from, from you two, from Adam, from beyond. I mean, that, that's a pretty intoxicating possibility. I, I, how much should we invest in that hope? 
I mean, don't don't uh, don't hope that it's going to be very good. <laughs> but you know, something we'll do something. We have we have hours and hours and hours of uh, music that we never put out, and so Mike and I are going to go through that and find <laughs> something. It might be in the, it, it might be in the garage, Adam, behind you somewhere. It could be somewhere in the in your happy place in that comfort zone. Could be. Could be on a drum machine. <laughs> I, I, I always want to give I always want to give guests that that, that like uh, I welcome in here because I'm such fans of there's an opportunity to talk sports. Adam, you said you want me to leave the Knicks out of it, but you do have the hat on. Any any thoughts? Any optimism as it relates to the hometown squad? Um. I hear that LeBron is thinking about going to, to New York when the season opens up. It, it is, is it weird. is, it yeah. is 420. I realize. And, and I, you know, you, 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 I don't know how good the, the stuff you got's got to be really, really good if LeBron's coming to New York. That's all I'm no, saying. No, the crazy thing is Rodman is coming out of retirement. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I think it's cool. All I'm going to say, Adam, you brought that, you brought the New York Dick thing on yourself by wearing that hat. That's all I'm saying. I know, I know. I had to represent though in some sort. Of, someone has to wear a New York Knicks hat. Sorry. That's no, quite all right. Well, you know, ma- magic of television. We'll beep it out. Um, I, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm sincere in telling you guys that that like so many of your fans, uh, I'm I I have a passion that's uh, borderline unreasonable, and so the opportunity to chat with you guys is uh, is something I greatly appreciate. Uh, the documentary is fantastic. April 24th. Check it out on uh, Apple Plus. Mike, Adam, continues uh, health. Stay safe and uh, be well, all right? All you right. too. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Steve, when we reached the portion of the interview when LeBron James was going to sign with the Knicks out of the uh, return and Dennis Rodman was coming out of retirement, I figured, okay, so now we know how high is Ad-Rock. He's that high. and. I had a list of things like so many specific questions that I had hoped to get to. As an example, if you're a Beastie Boys fan in the documentary, you will hear about the, um, the Madeline, uh, what's her name? Madeline Groshoff, Groshoff, I think's her name. Anyway, they tell the stories of when they lived in Hollywood. If you remember the Paul's boutique album where they did all these different videos and like vintage clothing, well, they broke down the door uh, of of this, uh, you know, I don't. I shouldn't tell this. Uh, this actually, they told the stories in the book. Um, but the the clothes they're wearing are this woman's clothes. And what I wanted to know is like, what happens to the clothes after you wear them? Like, do you do you <laughs> just dry clean them and put them back? Like, I don't know what one does after they've raided the vintage closet in the Hollywood Hills house they're staying in. I wanted to know the story behind Five Piece Chicken Dinner. That is a banjo song. It's like 23 seconds that for an entire semester of my life in school was my answering machine message. Back in the day, kids, we had actual phone machines, tape, beep, wait for them, beep, leave a message. And it was 23 seconds of banjo picking you had to sit through. And finally, my mom's like, could we not have the banjo? Like, I'd be laying there asleep because it was one and I wasn't awake yet. And she's like, could we not have the banjo music? But we just had it for a whole semester. And I wanted to know the story behind that. I wanted to know about the Trouble Funk drum loop that they used in this one of the songs that changed everything. By the way, Trouble Funk, on board, Steve. They're doing our music when we move to D.C. That's exciting. Um, but I didn't get to a lot of these questions because I, I guess, like, I'm, I, I'm pro-cannabis, too. 
because as I've always said, I've like I've seen drunk people sucker punch people. I've never seen a high person sucker punch anybody. Very peaceful, happy people. But focus many times with your high friends is is hard to kind of achieve, right? Yeah, yeah. I've never been a big uh, big guy of the cannabis, so I, I just can't get into that mindset. And I was really, really uh, upset and mad when as soon as I saw how that was going to start and um, it was, it just, it, it went how I thought it was going to go and I saw it coming as soon as we do it. But you know what I always say? Next time. What? We'll get them next ne- time. Well, well, here's the thing. It's, it's 420. They, let, let me make one thing clear. I was, I wasn't mad. I just was bummed because I'm yeah. such, I, I'm such a fan that I, I, I mean, like I watched the doc, I had a list of stuff that I thought would really be fun just selfishly to learn about. And, you know, they owe me nothing. They don't owe me the time to come on, which they were kind enough to share. It just happened to be 420. And so as a note to self for any future uh, interviews that, that I'm going to do, if it's on or around that date, and you know that you're talking about a very sort of pro cannabis consumer, maybe you, maybe you, you try to get Tuesday the 21st. Maybe yeah. that's the play. But I, I'll say this just in closing on that thought. Um, if you're, again, if you're a fan of the Beastie Boys, uh, the Beastie Boys story, Spike Jones directed documentary, um, you'll love it. It's literally like you will, you'll, you'll definitely laugh. The stories will fly by in the blink of an eye. It gets emotional, obviously, the passing of Adam Yauch, MCA. Uh, when they talk about Yauch, it's, uh, it's heavy. Uh, but it's, it's awesome, and it's great. And speaking of Doc, Steve, The Last Dance, people love it. Um, I think you, you said to me, buckle up, uh, you get a little advanced look at what's coming for the weekend and, um, buckle up. Why? It's it, uh, I'll say this. I, and I'm not trying to, you know, make people watch. I'm not, I'm not doing anything cause I can't come to your house because I'm quarantined. What I will say well, is, by, and by he, the way, they're they're watching. They're watching already. I mean, it was yeah. a million people watch. So you don't have to convince them. You're not going to have to bend their arm. But but so the sell is what? I just loved it because it just continues to get better. Three and four are better than one and two. Uh, the way they're packaged, the directing in it is just awesome. I, I I know people were talking about the timeline and what time is this and what time is that. What you got to remember is there's like going to be flashbacks to the titles, uh, but we're not you know we're not done. They're all the Pistons uh, before Rodman came to the team. It is the Rodman episode. Carmen Electra appearance, which is just fantastic about talking yeah. about. Go ahead. It's magnificent. Magnificent. Love Carmen Electra. And she's tremendous. She, she Her storytelling of, of Rodman in Vegas partying with him is just awesome. And uh, it's just, you know, all the, the, the no shaking hands is on there. Uh, Doug Collins, uh, you know, just gets into the mix. The transition to Phil. And I'll tell you what, he's, he's probably the guy that I've gotten to appreciate the most out of anybody after watching this. And just because of the way he treated players, he, the, 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 I think four is the episode on Phil. The footage, he goes to Puerto Rico to coach. It is a bloodbath. He's got a golf shirt from like 72 and jeans on with some Stan Smiths. And he's out there and a brawl breaks out and he's in the middle of it. It's just, it, it's amazing. Uh, his story and his path, but how good he was with players and, 
you know, I, I'm not giving anything more away. I just, he, I've came to fruition, like how he did it. And, you know, oh, you know, everybody, oh, he always had the best players. He did. He did. But th- there's a way of making it all work. And he mm-hmm. sure as hell, he is sure as hell did that. I just, I said this on Sports Center the other night. Like, for me, the, uh, the most interesting part, having grown up with it, I feel really lucky in retrospect that Maryland was then in the ACC the, the, the three years he was in Chapel Hill. You got to see him twice a year. Um, I, 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 I was at the game where he did the, that rock the cradle the first time. Like, so it, it felt like, like for a lot of people that even, even of, of, of my era, you didn't have maybe as early or as close a seat as we were really lucky to get being in the ACC at the time. Of course, now a big 10 Scotty, you know, where my allegiance lies. No doubt. Shout out to the, shout out to the corn people. Um, but for the younger, for the younger set, like to get a chance to watch this. And we had George Kittle on the tight end from the Niners yep. this week. And, and, and before we started talking uh, on air, he's like, man, that Jordan, he's like, it's just incredible. Like just his mindset. And here's a professional athlete who's at the kind of at the, at the top of the food chain for his position. Now I'm not saying he's the Michael Jordan at tight ends, but he's had a hell of a start and you know, he's a pro athlete and he just was blown away by, by the, the mindset of Jordan. And I'm, I think that'll be the most interesting part of this is how people for whom Jordan is just this kind of ghost, this, this story they've heard about, for them to, to actually see the story, um, I, I'm, that'll be the most fun part uh, for me. As I said, for, for us, it's not an introduction. It's a reminder. No. Um, and so I think, I, think that's, I think the appetite for it is remarkable. And like, uh, I think Cowherd said this on his show earlier this week, like the idea that the NBA's never replaced Jordan. And it's true. And like golf will never replace Tiger. You can, have a, you can be 30 superstars, young, talented guys. No one's ever replacing Tiger because he was just, he's different for so many different reasons. Jordan is still that guy that, you know, look, why did LeBron wear 23, right? Like, mm-hmm. because, because Jordan wore it. And if that's your guy, and I know there are LeBron guys out there and girls, great, I get it. But understand why he wears that number. He wears it because he's trying to be that, he's trying to be like Mike. Um, and that's fascinating to me to have that kind of juice. Like, think about this, Steve. A guy that played in the 80s and 90s, the logo of him is still like as coveted it- a, 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 uh, clothing line in the sports space as anything. Think about that. It's 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 amazing. A couple things. I grew up. I was born in '77. I grew up, you know, with Jordan. I I I couldn't. I never rooted for Michael Jordan in one basketball game. I was a Dominique <laughs> fan. My, I swear to God, I'm watching these games and I'm watching. Game, I mean, it's over. You know, his whatever years with the Bulls. I never rooted for him, but I watched every single game. I remember just just thinking in my head as a as a kid. I think it was, uh, I think after they beat the Lakers and then they beat the Blazers and then, oh yeah, '93 with Barkley. I get. I'm, I'm sitting there and like everybody wanted Barkley to win. He was the MVP. Obviously, we know you know why we love Barkley and you know we're friends with him now. And but I just kept saying to myself, I, oh God, what was I? I must have been 15, 
right around there. And I'm like, there's no way the Suns could beat the Bulls in Jordan four times. Like, it was just ingrained in my head that, no, like, I rooted for every team. You name them that, that Bulls played in the playoffs back in the day, I rooted for that team. And they never, no one ever obviously beat them four times. And you could say, you know, 95, whatever, with the Magic, that didn't count. That, 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 that was fake. Um, but, but I will, I will say that he said something in the doc that absolutely just struck a nerve with me. And it just had to do with my upbringing. I had, you know, it talks about his older brothers. I had an older brother and my dad passed when I was high, in high school and got to see my, my brother finish college. And Jordan Michael just talked about how when he played his brothers, he fought and clawed and just did anything for his dad's attention. And that's exactly the same way I grew up. Identical. That's all I cared about. And it just was amazing. And then you see him in the locker room after he wins that first title with the Lakers. And I just, I never got the chance because my dad passed when I was a junior in high school. But like that stuff just struck a nerve on me, like growing up and just, just, Think of the world of them. There's no other athlete I respect more than Michael Jordan. I just wasn't a fan. I, I rooted for Dominique, and that was my guy. But just like you knew he was a killer mentally, you knew it, you knew it, you knew it, and and just to see it and now hear him talk about it, like they, they, we just wait to hear what he uses as motivation. It's incredible the stuff he comes up with. What a story! That's an awesome story. I uh, man, that's very cool. Stanford Steve. I never knew that. Uh, at least not to that degree. So uh, I'm learning something here on this podcast. So that's beneficial. <laughs> um, um, th- we're thankful to have the, the doc to talk about, obviously, because mm-hmm. everyone's starved for anything. And we're thankful that we've got the draft. So depending on when people will listen to this, and just so people know, we're, we're taping this uh, midweek before the draft happens. Um, yeah. So if it's dated by the time you listen, you will know who gets who goes where, this or that. I, I just wanted to have a bit of a conversation about about one thought, and that's this: Burrow, Joe Burrow is going to go number one, right? Mm-hmm. And I am a massive fan of that guy. I love how confident he is. There's really cool stories about when he was a high school kid in Ohio. Like he was always this confident. He was always this cocksure guy that that just knew he was he was the. <laughs> but he get he he stays in state, goes to Ohio State. They have this heated back and forth, this this, this uh, competition to see who can be the starter, and he doesn't win. Haskins does, right? And so he transfers. And, like, there's some fascinating backstories about where he almost went and, and fate. Like, fate led this guy by the hand to LSU. He could have stayed at home and gone – he could have gone, like, state in states, like to Cincinnati. Like in the, There was a mm. bunch of different places he could have gone. But he goes to LSU, and it's a place that for years, right, Steve, like the, the thing that held them back was, was obviously their offense. They were not a really progressive-minded kind of group. Then you get Singer and you get Brady, who comes over from the Saints. And this guy goes from, in Todd McShay's estimation, a fourth or fifth-round pick to the number one pick because he has the year he had. And, and I'm going this, – this is long-winded, but I'm I, – I'm, what I'm getting to is this. Do you have any doubts or reservations that he's the guy he, he put on tape this year? Do you have any reservations that, that, that that's not who he is? Um, 
I don't know how to say this because I think the world of him, of what he's done. And I said on a podcast with Felica before he even took a snap at LSU that he could be a, a cult hero if he had success at LSU. And you see what he did. Um, wow. but here's my, here's my issue. And it, and it pertains to Tua also. And this is the biggest question I have with these two guys because they are. Burrow and Tua are probably two of my favorite quarterbacks I've watched since probably Andrew Luck in college football. I honestly worry. This is just me. I'm not doubting their talents. I'm not doubting what what their mindset is. I am worried that they were throwing to elite talent at the college level. Look at the receivers that those guys were throwing to. And I know people are talking about Tua's accuracy, and I know they're talking about Burrow's deep ball. But just the amount of times that LSU walked to the line of scrimmage and said, "All right, we got a mismatch there, 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 there." All right, I'm just, all right, I'm just gonna pick one, flip a coin in my head, and go. And Tua is even more insane to me at the talent that Alabama had at receiver. So that's the one worry I have, and I have a worry about Isaiah Simmons too. We can get to that a little bit later. But it's, it's, I'm not doubting him. I just worry about how the immediacy that fans need now and an NFL, an NFL fan that doesn't watch college football is like, Oh, I thought this guy was accurate. I thought this guy was better. It takes time, man. It takes time. And he's not going to have those advantages on the outsides, you know, with the Bengals. Um, so it's, it's, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not doubting he's going to get to that, to that, to the top of the mountain, but I just think it might take a little time. And I know people can't wait right now. See, that's, that's essentially what I'm saying. If, because, like, if you're, like, you, you watch, and, and next year, presuming slash hoping there's a next year in college football, whether it's Fields at Ohio State, Lawrence at Clemson, you know, people talk about guys that just, it's everything jumps off the screen at you. You see the arm talent, all the rest. Burrow will tell you himself, look, I don't have a, I don't have a, a hand cannon. You know, he's got enough. He's got enough arm talent, but he's not, like, that's not what jumps off the page. He's an mm-hmm. intangibles guy. He's a confidence guy. He's a he's an on time guy, an accurate guy. All the things like and again, I love the attitude. I love what he did this year. How can you not? It was historic. But to your point, like just like Tua had Tua had rugs and Judy. Like he had a pair of first round guys. Yeah. That's just some. That's just some of the talent that he's looking. Yeah, at. Yeah, look at the other guys. And, and it, it's Chase and Jefferson and Moss, and you could keep going, and, and Hilaire behind him. Like, it's, there's just so much talent on the field. So what I'm saying when it comes to Burrow is, if, if you're that guy, would, you have, would we have seen something that looked like it before this year? And you can come back and argue with me or, and say, well, X, Y, and Z player, you know, like like I, Trubisky. Look, I mean, what, what did he? How many games did he even start before he, before he got you know selected as high as he did by the Bears? But then obviously in Chicago, people are going, well, I don't know if it's Trubisky's the comparison you want to make. Well, that's I'm not saying Burroughs Trubisky. I'm just saying when you have one year of that tape, where McShay had you a fourth or fifth rounder, now you're going number one. I'm asking if the truth about what you are in the at the NFL level might be somewhere in the middle. And by the way, that might be fine, right? Yep. You might be no doubt. starter in the you might be just fine as a starter in the NFL. So I think you and I are saying the same thing here. This isn't me trying to wave some hot take flag and tell you I don't think he can do it at the next level. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking if who he is 
is who he showed you this year with an elite team, with an offense that was cooking with the grease as hot as it gets. I, you know, that's, that's my only question and concern. And I think the two thing is the health and it's also the elite talent. And, you know, I, th- these are, these are the kind of questions that are better to be asking than, you know, can he do it? I don't, I don't think it's, no. can he do it? I just want to know what, what's it going to look like? Um, yeah. The, the, the bigger picture I have is like, I, I, Here's what we got. Four that are supposedly going to go in the first round quarterbacks. You know, the other two guys, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not in on. And I think it's Herbert, whatever. Herbert from Oregon and Love from Utah State. Yeah. Like, and I, I think it's traditionally, um, I was reading something this week about the core first round quarterback. It's 50 50, whether, you know, good career or, you know, not living up to the hype or bust. So uh-huh. right there, there's four guys. Two of them are not going to be good. Like you could just you could you could say that with the sample size that we've had, um, it, that that feels real. So uh, I, well, I, and, I'm and take take it a step further. I take yep. because uh, math because math's what you and me are great at. Uh, in the last oh. ten years, in the last ten years, there have been thirty quarterbacks taken in the first round. All right, thirty in ten years. Only eleven of those quarterbacks have winning records. So just slightly more than a third have winning mm-hmm. records in a decade. Now, who takes you? Well, probably not a good team. Well, obviously Cincinnati hadn't been a great team. You know, that's where Burrow is going yep. to land. So, I mean, so he, he could be really good and maybe they're not. So I, I think, look, this position, and it's fascinating to me, and you played the sport, I, I did not, but it, it blows my mind the amount of time and energy and effort that's put forth to try to figure out that position and how many times they get it wrong. Rosillo did a big podcast over on the ringer about, about it and real specific stuff about kind of the ones that worked, the ones that didn't. And it's just, it's mind boggling. Like you could argue there's not a greater waste of money and time devoted to anything that has (laughs) such a poor return on investment than trying to figure out the quarterback position in the NFL. I couldn't agree more. Um, you have questions for me? I do. Do you want to get to those? Talk about this. I do. I do. Do you have anything else? What? All right. How about how about this? Real quick. Who who are you rooting for in the draft? Like who do you do you want to see go to a good spot and succeed because you just love what he did in college? And let's say you you didn't think he get the he didn't get the shine he was supposed he should have gotten. Um. I mean, it's it's if you read if you read the stories about um, about Javon Kinlaw mm. um, from uh, South Carolina and what the dude went through, um, you know, homelessness. Just like think about growing up in a circumstance like that where you you don't know, like like you think about the, like we started this you and me joking right about yep. about the about the chaos in our homes. But you know what our kids, you know what our kids have? They might not have toilet paper. Their dad might tell them to shower instead of, instead of wiping their butt. But you know what our kids have? Our kids have stability. They got a mom and dad in the house that they know love them. And when children know that they are in a safe place where they're loved, then that gives them an opportunity to, to, to grow and be whatever they're going to be. When you hear what, what he had to go through, and it's not that he didn't have love in his life, but he didn't, ha- he didn't have security or stability. And now he's got a daughter of his own. And when, when we had him on and he didn't have a shirt on, which was great. I'm like, I'm not telling this dude to put a shirt on. If you don't want to put a shirt on like I'm damn sure not the one that's going to govern what he gets to wear. 
But when I asked him about his little girl, the, the smile on his face, like this is an enormous man and you see him melt because he's talking about his baby girl. I want that guy to get his and he's gonna, and he's going to play furious when he gets to the league. And somebody is going to get a, a guy that I, I think can be as disruptive uh, at the point of attack as anybody coming out this year. So that's the dude I'm rooting for, Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. You got I got pl- uh, I was actually thinking I got two guys I think that are that are sure bets to be good pros, and those are the, right. those are the two those are the two Iowa guys. Worfs is the ta- offensive tackle, and then that Espineza is the D lineman. Uh-huh. I think those guys are as solid as you can get. Worfs is the first true freshman ever to start for Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. That's saying something to me. That's, that's a program where they, they feed off of redshirting guys and, you know, recruiting their state and not being able to recruit, you know, you know, far outside the area where they're, you know, they develop guys. They have a great program established there. But for him to, to, to be that guy is, is, is really stands out. And I remember reading about him as a freshman. I'm like, this kid is circled for me at the next level. And I just think Espineza is, is, is as good. And as solid as you need, he's he's not. I'm not trying to say he's not. Gonna, there's no wow factor, but he's going to get to the quarterback, and I think that's huge at that at the next level. And uh, I just think he's going to. I think somebody's going to take him higher than that. He's going in. Uh, going in these mocks. In the mocks. Yeah, right. in the mocks. There you go. Uh, a couple all right, of, a couple of Iowa guys from Stanford, Steve. All right. Uh, yep. Scott on the spot. Play the play the thing. Play the thing. You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. Scott on the spot. Scott on the spot. Brought to you by DraftKings. They're giving new users a free shot at over $1 million in prizes. Download the DraftKings app and enter code SVP at sign up. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Um, all right. Ready? Uh, better bas- better basketball player all time. Scotty Pippen or Dwayne Wade? Scotty Pippen. Wow. Why? Uh I feel like I feel like his impact um his impact was uh, how do I say it cuz it's not I'm not I'm not minimizing Wade. Um I feel like the impact on both ends was was maybe greater. Okay. All right. Uh his for- his length, man. He was he was he was he just he was a hard to deal with. I mean, look, Wade's great. Wade stands come at me. He was I'm not saying he wasn't great. I'll probably just be in the old guy in the barbershop. Next. Nah. Uh Flamignon or New York strip? Flamignon all day, every day. It's the best. It's the choicest beef. Eat the, don't make it harder than it has to be. This is like Flamignon is like the, the is like the Chargers retro uniforms. Don't make it hard. Take the easiest thing. What's the best thing we've got? Powder blue and yellow. Wear it. What's the best steak on the menu? Filet. Next. But they're small. Get the big one. Get two. Yeah, but it's, ne- it's never big enough. Have you ever ordered two filet mignons at a restaurant? I have not, but I have ordered a bone-in. <laughs> I, have, I have ordered a well-marbled bone-in ribeye, and that kind of gives you the, both, the best of both worlds. You get the real nice, fatty, marbled filet, and then you get a little bit of the strip, and then you get the bone for Otis the dog. That's the play. That wasn't on the la- that wasn't on the question though. Bone in ribeye wasn't on the question. It was not. It was not. It was not. All right. Uh possible dinner tonight. A bucket of chicken. Popeyes or KFC? Um 
I, you know what? KFC is one of those things that it's. It, uh, this is my just loyalty to my guy Bucci. Uh, shout out okay. to John Bucci. Television's John Bucci Grass, aka they know who we mean. Because Bucci does the bucket of chicken challenge, and like I don't eat much fast food, but like I, KFC, and they have like the pieces of KFC. Like I don't know what the f- piece of chicken it is. Like I look at it, I'm like, this is it's not a breast. It's not like it's not a thigh. What is this? But I'll be damned if it isn't delicious. Like okay, uh, so I, I'm okay. I mean, also. I feel like you bring in you bring in Popeyes more, so I feel like it's Popeyes. I get I I, I get that more. So KFC right now, I got a hankering for the uh, eleven herbs and spices. Okay, uh, Travis has just finished his uh, Boone's Farm bottle. Uh, he has his question. Nice. Uh, first of all, it's Jack Daniels. Uh, second of all, how how are we doing on M and M's there, Scott? Well, I bought what is allegedly a family size bag. So, does this have to do with the yogurt? Because we try to get the M M&M and M yogurt, but we you can't find yes, those. Because, but you, but so I, I can yogurt. I can save you. I can save you. I know where they have it at. M M&M and M, but it's at it's at Sam's Club. I have a membership there. I saw it the other week, and they had plenty of it. And I thought of you. Did you buy me any to, to and, and tell me you had it, or did you just see it and think about well, it? Well, that's that, that's why we're checking because I have a Sam's Club run coming up here in the next couple of days. I'm trying to see where you're at. I think after today, the Van Pelt family might be leaving. Um, they might just pack up and start driving like the road. So I don't – let's do this. Let's circle back the next time we do this. And if they haven't abandoned me, then we'll, by all means, I'll take a bulk of that. But but when I, when I bought the family size M&M bag, and this is a little cheat code for you folks at home, you can buy any of those yogurts that just have the plain yogurt and put M&Ms in them. And then the kids don't care. They're like, boom, M&M yogurt. So the problem is dad kind of fishes in the family size, like every time I walk by the bag. So it should last a while, but I mean, at the moment it's, it's, we're down kind of in the bottom where I'm fumbling at the, like you got to reach to both sides of the bag to get enough for a handful. So this is a, this is a part two question. When we get to next week, we'll figure out the answer. All right. That it? I think that's it. All right. Before we get out of here, a word from ZipRecruiter. Right now, we cannot be overwhelmed. We have to work to keep our loved ones safe and protect our communities. We have to work to stay strong, to stay connected, and to stay focused. We have to work to inspire, to innovate, to build new solutions. But for all this work, we have to work together. At ZipRecruiter, we connect employers and people every day. But today is different. We are partnering with first responders, government officials, the medical community, the innovators, and the manufacturing, transportation, and food distribution industries to make sure we are finding the right people for the right jobs right now. All right. Well, I just want to tell everybody out there, hang in there. Um, you got to wipe your butt. That's important. I don't care what you'd use, but actually I do because there's stuff you shouldn't use. Don't use the curtains. No. <laughs> No. Just use the shower. Yeah, get in the shower. But that, that you still have got to – I mean, I don't want to get specific, but, like, even – like, you're not done yet, right? You're not done. Um, I feel like I should stop talking now, and I, I right. hope everyone is – I hope everyone's safe, and um, watch uh, watch the uh, last dance, and we'll see you when it's over. Watch Sports Center after. But, yeah, but other nights you're probably not watching. But we'll see you Sunday maybe.